Trick or treat, everyone. It's Betsy, and here's the spooky offerings we have coming up in the Popping Collars feed for October 2021. On a ghoulish episode of Popping Collars, we weigh in on the most famous and sometimes infamous examples of religious horror movies. Will all four hosts just pick The Exorcist over and over again? Listen and find out if you dare. Greg compiled a whole new panel of guests for this month's episode of The Canon. They dive into the fiendish works of Al Pacino. Going on 30 years, the finish line of movies from 1990 with a look back at the terrifying classic Pretty Woman. Finally, special guest Stephen McHale returns on The Sacred Six to discuss the most horrifying Beatles album of all time, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Turn the lights on, lock your doors. The call may be coming from inside the house and keep those collars popped. Steven, there's only one possible thing I can ask you to start this episode. Will you still need me? Will you still feed me when I'm 64? Answer the question. That is the song my wife and I danced to at our wedding. No kidding. Yeah. That's awesome. Seven piece live swing band of all bands playing that. I mean, who can top that? That's great. Let's just get straight into the episode. Welcome to the Sacred Six. Sometimes an item in pop culture is just too big for one podcast episode. And that's where this show steps in. I'm your host, Greg Knight. With me is my special guest, Stephen McHale, still dancing to when I'm 64. Thanks for coming back, Stephen. Yeah, my wife just stomped out of the room, so <laughs> I'm dancing alone right now. <laughs> Will you still need me when I'm 63? <laughs> that might be better. This month, we're looking at the first concept album. Is that true? Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Big idea, Stephen. Boy, we got we got drugs galore at this point. We've got a lot of influences on the band. What are you thinking oh, about when you're thinking Sergeant Pepper? Gosh, big idea. I'm th- that it, this is an album that is that is tied together. This is a a. You don't just listen to one track. You listen to the album. Yeah. So it's tell the whole thing is telling a story. It's just a hard story to follow. This was maybe the second CD that I ever owned, like ever in my life. Okay. The first one was Anita Baker, like an, uh, the album that she put out back in the 80s. And then uh, Sgt. Pepper was like the second album, like the second CD that we had. And I remember listening to it for the first time. And when, when Sgt. Pepper bleeds over into With a Little Help from My Friends, thinking yep. like, Oh my God, is this all they're going to do Like for the rest of the album? Is it, it's just going to be one long song? Like it just blew my mind that, you know, how how is this going to work? Yeah. I was so happy listening to this this past week. Uh, and to give some context, I've been re-listening to all these uh, with my earbuds in riding my mountain bike in the Oakland Hills. And as I listened to Sgt. Pepper's, I was imagining what people were thinking when they ran to the store to get their Beatles album and they brought it home and they slapped it on their record player. Mm-hmm. And this was like nothing they'd ever heard. 
Right. They're asking themselves, like, who is Mr. Kite? What is <laughs> what is this? <laughs> um, I will say this about Sgt. Pepper. It has my least favorite Beatles song of all time is on this album. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if you can well, guess it. Your least favorite. Gosh, I was certain it would be Revolution 9. No, I, I actually, I, I like Revolution 9. I like when the weird fire part starts and that little voice comes in like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Your least uh, favorite one. I'm, uh, gosh, I don't know, Greg. I, I'm horribly biased because I love it's, the whole thing. Uh, and I feel bad because I just was singing his praises last time, but it's George. It's within you without you. It's just so slow. And oh, it just comes in the middle of the album. And I, I kind of always skip it. I get to the end of Mr. Kite and I just like, and skip and just go straight on to when I'm 64. Well, you're entitled to your opinion. <laughs> you're a within you without you fan, I guess. At this point, George is getting more and more interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's heavily influenced, obviously. Maybe it's because it's a five-minute song or so. Like it, it just feels long coming like in the middle of the album. Yeah. Yeah, I still like it a lot. Yeah. I um, made, I bet when I was in eighth grade, I thought I was super deep when I got into that song. Mm-hmm. Do you get the sense? based on some of these songs and stuff that the band's starting to become more individual in the way that they look at songwriting because within you without you clearly like it has everything that George is kind of exploring in his life spiritually at that point. And it feels totally divorced from anything that Paul and John are doing. Yeah. I'll give you that. Um, in a way that like, you know, Taxman that we talked about last time felt like it was of a piece with yes. everything else that was going on. And I would say the same thing about some of the John stuff here, right? Like Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds doesn't really have a whole lot in common with When I'm 64. I agree with you. Um, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds has a whole lot more in common with Sgt. Pepper's, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, the track in its, um, I don't know, experimental nature. But yeah, when I'm 64 should be an earlier Beatles should be on an earlier Beatles album, shouldn't it? It's it's really cute. I don't know. It kind of works on this. It lightens everything up. And as a lead into Lovely Rita, which is actually actually is one of my favorite Beatles songs. I I, I don't know. I like it. Sergeant Pepper time like this. There was kind of a I mean, they didn't break up, but there was a moment in Beatles history around this time kind of right before Magical Mystery Tour, where they were starting to do their own things a little bit. Mm-hmm. So like George was clearly sort of going to India, starting his road to Krishna or whatever it was that he was working on at that point in time. I don't know if he could even identify it, but John was off making a movie at this time. Like it's when he got his haircut and all of that stuff. Like Ringo is kind of, you know, nobody was calling him. Yeah, but <laughs> Paul, this album has it. I want to say Paul was getting together with Linda around this time. I don't know. I, I want to say Linda Eastman was around Sergeant Pepper time. This I mean, it's possible that she was later, but I think this album is Ringo's finest song. Well, oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. But how much of that is Ringo's fault, and how much of that is Joe Cocker making Ringo's song like a class? <laughs> I don't know. 
Yeah, I came to it through Ringo, not Joe Cocker. Oh, really? This was the, the Wonder Year. This was the Wonder Years theme song to me. Yes, where I got well, yeah. Greg, you're like 25 years younger than me, right? <laughs> sure. Sure. So, what would that make me? Like 15? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So what's your song song of the album? Now that I've told everybody what I hate, what what's uh, what's your favorite song on the album? So let's go. So go with favorite songs. Sergeant Pepper's the opening, the just mm-hmm. the driving, like in your face at the top of the album. Um, I have a soft spot for "She's Leaving Home." Mm-hmm. I have a huge soft spot for when I'm 64. Um, but I think the song of the album is "A Day in the Life." I read the news today, oh boy, about a lucky man who made the grade. And though the news was rather sad, well, I just had to laugh. I saw the photograph. It's a classic. I mean, it's hard to argue. I find it to be a little too long. I know that that's not popular, but really two songs right it's the it's one song sandwiched between oh the woke up got out of bed yeah and i love to imagine that john and paul were cooperating at this point right uh so i think that is my favorite one i'm going to go with getting better which we've referenced like in our first three episodes of this podcast already, it feels like, but I'm going to go with getting better specifically for one part of the song where Paul says it's getting better all the time. And then you can hear the John lyric coming in immediately after that with, it can't get much worse. (laughs) Like that, that those sort of those lines coming back to back sum up for me a lot of like what makes the Beatles special. It's what Paul is bringing to the mix and what John is bringing to the mix. And, you know, Paul's it's getting better all the time. And John's it can't get much worse. Like that's, that's, (laughs) that's what you need when you have a Beatles on. So MVP then. Okay. So my MVP is wild. So maybe I should do mine first. Yeah. Okay, my MVP of the album Sgt. Pepper is Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix does not play on this album, it should be said. However, (laughs) did you know that Jimi Hendrix played the opening song, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Gold Event? He played Sgt. Pepper's song at a concert the same night that the album was released. So he listens to the album, learned the song, and played it at a concert all on the same day. Wow. Isn't that crazy? I'll give you that. <laughs> it's just it just goes to show like how huge the Beatles are at this point. That like Hendrix has to immediately get his hands on a record and is so blown away by the record that he immediately has to play one of the songs in his concert. I'm going to go with uh, Bra- uh, uh not with Brian Epstein, with George Martin. Yeah. 
super production value. It ties together as a whole album. I don't know what hand he had in the crazy outfits and the cover, but it this turns the door uh, musically for the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't it's know huge. If turning the door is a phrase, actually. <laughs> But uh, it sounds like a lyric. See, so. I was just going to let it go. I was just going to let it go. I was going to be like, you know what? They're going to have to Google that and just see what, <laughs> see what Steven's talking about. But then you ratted just, on yourself. You called yourself out. the dial? I don't know. What it, uh, all right. George Martin making dogs around the world go crazy when this album ends every single time. There's a dog whistle at the end of this album. Is there really? There is, Yeah. If you listen really closely, you can hear it. I don't know if that means that I have super hearing. It's possible that I do have super hearing. But um, yeah, there's a dog whistle at the at the very end. After no, it's right before that crazy thing at the end where like you hear like the cocktail party and the. I'm pretty sure my wife is not going to say I super listening is my power. Not right now. All right, let's move on. That's it. Sergeant Pepper has been relieved of duty. Next up, we'll be moving on to the album that was too big for one disc, what Paul calls the Bloody Beatles White Album. Steven, can you come back to talk White Album with me? Favorite album. Nice. Awesome. That'll give us a lot to talk about. We'll see you next time. And in the end.